Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Live from our WSBT Radio studios in downtown South Bend. Let's go! Come on! Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. Wow, don't blink. A lot of major intestinal fortitude going on here. On your home for Notre Dame football. Knocked down by Wooden. The game is over. The Irish has upset Florida State. Notre Dame is number one. And Notre Dame basketball. Number one ranked UCLA Bruins have been upset by the Irish of Notre Dame. championship for Notre Dame. Plus fighting Irish hockey. They score! Jake Evans scores! Notre Dame 3.7 seconds away from a spot in the national championship game. The NFL and Major League Baseball. Oh my gracious. How about that? Sports Radio 960 WSBT. WSBTradio.com. The free WSBT radio app. Big time budgets. Now, here's your host, seven-time Associated Press Broadcasting Award winner, Darren Pritchett. Well, I think you and I are the only two people currently not in the transfer portal. We're going to stick to what we're doing. We're not going to change anything, right? Holy cow. When starters jump into the transfer portal, it makes your head spin. Incredible. Welcome to the program, Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. On your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960. WSBT streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Don't forget, you can check out our studio, a feed of the program, also on the Twitch app. My name is Darren Pritchett. It is nine minutes after five o'clock on this Friday, April the 28th of 2023. I got to be honest with you, the Logan Diggs News came out just, I think, right after the program ended last night. Drove home, had a couple of things to do, was not on social media, so I didn't realize Diggs was in the portal for a couple of hours. When I finally sat down and looked, I'm like, what? That's just not something that was on my radar that was possible. But lesson learned, anybody, anybody could jump into the transfer portal at any time, and the latest is running back Logan Diggs of the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame. We'll try to make some sense of this as we get our program started here on WSBT Radio. Also on the program this evening, we will talk NFL Draft and Michael Mayer not taken last night in round number one. Should not have to wait long tonight, but I have a feeling that might be an angry young man when 
he meets the media for his brand new football team. He takes everything very, very personable, or personally, I should say, and I have a feeling he'll be a tad bit on the grumpy side when he meets the media, and that is just fine. We've got our Twitter question of the day to get to, and it's a tricky question. Many of you have answered the question on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat today and had some responses of, I mean, what are we supposed to do here? It's hard to choose. I'll explain what all that means coming up in just a little bit. Also coming up later on in the program, we will have our Ask Sportsbeat segment brought to you by Wings, etc. This week I've asked our Sportsbeat listeners to log on to my Twitter account and ask me A question about Notre Dame football or anything, we'll get to those questions and my answers in the Wings Etc. segment coming up a little after 6 o'clock. And I'll hand out two $50 gift cards to Wings Etc. from individuals who asked a question this week. We'll review the Tyler Buckner departure to Alabama coming up in the 6 o'clock hour, and we will wrap up. This week with a little sizzler, we had a 3-in-1 night last night, made a little coin. Thanks to two of our three plus wagers that hit last night. So we've got four more for you coming up tonight here on Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Our hat trick of opening topics is where we start. And topic number one Logan Diggs has headed to the transfer portal. To me, the transfer portal was all about giving individuals who felt like their roles were not big enough on their current team the opportunity to go somewhere else and play right away. You don't have to sit out. I'm sure a lot of football players, athletes, through the years did not transfer because they didn't want to sit out, so they stuck it out. And sometimes sticking it out probably paid off. But in this era of the transfer portal, I guess we cannot just count on backups leaving. How about starting players leaving? Now, if you have a family situation, I totally understand jumping into the portal. If you are buried on the depth chart, and you see or the coaches tell you that it's going to be very difficult for you to get onto the field, I think it is a great opportunity to find a new place where you might have success. And we have seen a lot of Notre Dame players do that. In fact, reading blueandgold.com today, it kind of caught me off guard, but you had 27 players in Notre Dame's class of 2021. Half of them are gone one reason or the other. Incredible. And you think about the players Notre Dame has lost to the portal the last few days. Your backup quarterback and maybe your starter next year, Tyler Buckner, goes to Alabama. Prince Colley, a linebacker, he felt like he should have been starting. Not the case. He jumps into the transfer portal. Lorenzo Stiles was not going to be a starter at wide receiver. Decided to try cornerback the next day. He's in the transfer portal. And now, Logan Diggs, a starting player on this football team. I think we can all agree 
There were two starting running backs for the Irish this fall. Diggs and Audric Estime. 1A, 1B. Not sure. Either one had a decisive advantage over the other to get a majority of the carries. But for Logan Diggs, who just went into the portal, it's not for the lack of playing time. He led the Irish in rushing attempts last year with 165. He was second on the team in rushing yards with 822. Two years with the Irish, 165 carries, 1,052 yards, seven touchdowns, 16 receptions, 257 yards, and three touchdowns. That's a heck of a start to a collegiate career. But for whatever reason, it wasn't enough. Now, there are some reports and some speculation that the Louisiana native might want to head back toward the family in Louisiana and play for Brian Kelly, Mike Denbrock, and the LSU Tigers. Speculation, but it actually makes sense. If you're leaving Notre Dame, maybe you want to head home, a place that he was intrigued by, I think, when the recruiting process was going on. Notre Dame got him, but now he's off to the portal after an extremely successful season last year. That's where it just doesn't seem like the transfer portal works. A starting player goes into the portal. I understand a backup. Maybe you have one year of eligibility remaining. Try something else. Go somewhere to have a chance to play. Great. But a starter? Yeah, it's legal, but it just seems awkward to me. And big things were expected of Diggs this year. We didn't see much of him in the spring due to an injury. Did not play in the blue goal game. So now Diggs is in the transfer portal and maybe will be in purple and gold next year. So it doesn't make any sense, but it is what it is. It is the transfer portal in 2023, and Notre Dame moves on. So, Audric Estime sits atop the depth chart at running back. Led the team in rushing last year. Had the 11 rushing touchdowns. The guy who filled in for digs during the spring and handled things very well, very good runner between the tackles, Jabron Payne. All of a sudden, his role is huge on this football team. It's interesting to think back when he got out of his commitment to Indiana. He was buried on the depth chart, maybe fifth on the depth chart. But here's a guy that has been patient. Did not just jump into the transfer portal when things weren't going well. At least in terms of playing time. He stayed patient. And what do you know? I think we can all assume he is the number two running back on this football team heading into the summer with Logan Diggs out of the equation. Now, Jadarian Price is an intriguing player. This is a guy that dazzled us in the blue goal game last year. Suffered that torn Achilles that required surgery. And we have not seen 
price since. But electric, to say the least, with the ball in his hand. The running back has shown good hands, had that long touchdown catch and run in the blue goal game last year. So this is a really, really interesting player. He was a four-star recruit coming out of Denton, Texas. Last time we heard from running back coach Dylan McCullough, he was expecting Price to be at full go early on this summer and ready to go in fall camp. All of a sudden, he moves up a spot on the depth chart. And with Notre Dame consistently last year, and McCullough talked about this this spring, playing three running backs is something they like to do. When you've got three guys that can run it, they're ready to go. So estimate Payne, and Price are your big three. Now coming in this fall is Jeremiah Love from St. Louis, Missouri. Six foot, 190, a four-star. Analysts have called him a difference maker with his speed carrying the football. That's another piece of the future of Notre Dame football. Well, fingers crossed that he sticks around. But if there's an injury at any point this season, and if Notre Dame wants to use three running backs, all of a sudden Love comes into play. Now the wild card is what the coaching staff will do with Chris Tyree. For three years, Chris Tyree was a running back on this football team. After his freshman year, it felt like he was going to have some big years ahead here in South Bend. And once Kyron Williams moved on to the NFL, injuries took its toll on Tyree, taking away opportunities and some of his explosiveness. Last year got 100 carries, but the number of touches dwindled late in the year as the coaching staff went more toward digs and estimate. So as we all know this spring, Chris Tyree tried his hand at wide receiver, and he stuck there. And with Caleb Smith retiring from football, Lorenzo Styles going to the transfer portal, They're down a little bit at wide receiver from where they were at the start of camp. But based on how much they put into Tyree, it doesn't feel like he's moving back to running back. He is a great safety net. If you need him, you've got him. But my gut tells me he stays at wide receiver until something would happen that he would have to go back to running back. So here we are. Wow, what a week. Buckner, Collie, Styles, but this is the shocker. You could see the others coming. A couple of them for some time, but this is a guy with a major role in the team last year. An opportunity to have an explosive season here in South Bend, walks away from his teammates. And maybe ends up back home. We'll see if he goes to LSU. Again, we can't take anyone for granted on the roster that they're going to stick around. When you see a starter leave, that's when it gets really frustrating. Backups, you know, I understand. With the rules, you can take advantage of them and find a place, hopefully, where you can play more. But a starter, that's tough to swallow. That is really, really 
tough to swallow. Hat trick of opening topic number two for tonight, the National Football League draft. Michael Mayer is still on the board. You know, since this process got started for the 2023 NFL draft, I've tried to pick my words carefully in talking about Michael Mayer, how he likely will go on the first round or should or might because with the way some of the reporting was being done on Mayer, he was slipping in mock drafts. Dalton Kincaid was going before him, the Utah tight end. And some of these mock drafts late in the process had Michael Mayer barely going in the first round or there were some mock drafts that had him slipping into the second round, which has become reality. I don't think this is a situation where any team is doubting the ability of Michael Mayer. Some peg Dalton Kincaid as an individual with the skill set that might have the ability to be some form of Travis Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm not saying that he will be him or better than him, but like him. A little more dynamic than Mayer, who's kind of that old-school tight end. No one is down on him, but tight end is not a premium position as we've talked about this spring. Teams are looking for quarterbacks, cornerbacks, left tackles. Those are the a few of the premium positions in the NFL draft. Tight end's not one of them. So unfortunately, the needs of other teams... They did not go after tight ends. Not many wide receivers went in the first round, which was really, really strange. Two running backs being taken didn't help Michael Mayer either. So he's going to be gone early in this second round. Wouldn't be shocking to see a team move forward to acquire the Notre Dame tight end. Then there is the Indianapolis Colts. Sitting at number four, wondering how this was all going to play out in front of them. Well, things worked out pretty well, even though the Texans ended up taking a quarterback, C.J. Stroud. So quarterbacks went 1-2. And when the Texans moved back to number 3 from 12 in a deal with Arizona, they took Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama. The Colts got their guy in Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson. It seems like that's the guy the Colts were really honed in on. And they did not have to move up to three to secure him, so they saved some draft collateral. The guy in charge of the Colts organization is Chris Ballard. Here's what he had to say on the decision to take the Florida quarterback, Anthony Richardson. You've seen the draft room. Um, It got a little tense there, you know, at three, but we're excited. Um, we did a lot of work on Anthony, spent a lot of time with him, you know, over the last month and, uh, think he's a good fit for us. Let's don't crown him yet. All right. He's a young player. He's got work to do. Um, but we like, we like his talent. We like what he can be. And, you know, I can't, I'm not going to, I don't think Shane can tell you either, but what I can tell you is, you know, we drafted <laughs> him for what we think he can really be in the future. Um, he's a very smart 
young man, good kid, he works. We think it's all in front of him. So we're excited to get him. Not a whole lot of college experience for Richardson at Florida. Doesn't have those 35-40 starts like many quarterbacks have coming into the National Football League. Remember Mitchell Trubisky of North Carolina, the Bears, took him at number two. And Trubisky had, what, 12 or 13 starts in his collegiate career. Doesn't mean he's not going to turn out, but that was an example where I don't know if the Bears and the NFL had enough tape on Mitchell Trubisky to fully understand that his ceiling was very low. Despite what he showed with the Tar Heels, there wasn't a big upside to his game, and the Bears, unfortunately, paid the price. The Colts are hoping to avoid that with Richardson. This is an extremely athletic quarterback. You look at some of his plays at Florida, eluding defenders, keeping the play alive, delivering the football on the run. He is a very exciting player. He brings you that dual threat quarterback that many teams are looking for. Shane Steichen, the head coach of the Colts, came from Philadelphia where he worked with Jalen Hurts. So the Colts bring in a quarterback that is not complete at this time throwing the football. Something we talked about with Justin Fields coming out of Ohio State taken by the Chicago Bears. Steichen, his first impression of watching tape on his new quarterback, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, uh, obviously the tape was the first time I saw him. Uh, just his playmaking ability, uh, what he brings from a playmaking ability, his physical uh, skill set uh, is impressive. Uh, obviously there's a lot of work uh, that we got to do um, that with the whole team, not just him. I mean, but there's, there's certain things that he brings to the table that we're so excited about as a football player uh, in the future of this organization. And Saiken talked about how poised he is for an individual with not that many starts at the collegiate level. They felt like he handled adversity extremely well and one of the traits that really impressed them about Anthony Richardson. Now, stats don't lie at times. Also, there's context to stats. But Richardson... At Florida last year, completed only 53.8% of his throws. That doesn't seem like a number for a guy taken number four in the National Football League draft. Chris Ballard was asked for a little context about that number. Is there something we should know that makes the number look better? Did he struggle throwing the football? Here's Chris Ballard on Richardson completing just 53.8% of his throws last season. I mean, there's always, and, and it's fair, it's a fair assessment. Um, and I think we've seen, I think the one thing we're seeing in the league now is guys, you can work on their and get them more accurate. You know, just footwork, fundamentals, there's certain things I think we can do, and I think you've seen guys jump in our <laughs> league. Um, and I think you'll see him jump. There's, there's, that's part of it. Um, it's part of just playing too. You know, the more you play. So there's Chris Ballard, and he did mention a couple of times he doesn't have to start from day one. Gardner Minshew was brought in by the Colts as a free agent, former Jaguars quarterback, backup quarterback in Philadelphia this year. 
and Minshew was brought in to be more than likely a bridge from the Matt Ryan experience last year to eventually Anthony Richardson taking over as quarterback of this football team. The Colts are not in any rush right now to get Richardson on the field. That's why they bought themselves some insurance with Gardner Minshew. And here is Chris Ballard elaborating a little more on this topic. Is he okay with Richardson basically redshirting this year and sitting out his first year in the National Football League? I'm not going to say that. I mean, he's got to come in and, you know, earn his way, like every player we bring in. Um, But let's don't expect him to be Superman from day one. And I think history shows there's not many of them that are Superman from day one. Some of them it takes two, three years to become a really good player. It's probably the one area where where I've seen it, and this is even before me even being in a league, but it's the one area where teams that the pressure for these guys after one or two years, back, I mean, 10, 15 years ago, guys would get year three, four, five. I mean, think about it. Terry Bradshaw, he might not have ever played in today's NFL. It took him time in Pittsburgh. You know, we got to let these guys develop and play, and they're going to have some struggles, and then they got to work through the struggles. Um, and eventually their talent, the more they play, their talent will come to life. So the Colts have been waiting for this moment since Andrew Luck abruptly retired from the National Football League, going through some veteran quarterbacks with some success or no success. The time is now for the Indianapolis Colts to get what they hope is their franchise quarterback, and they are banking on Anthony Richardson, the young man from the University of Florida to make this offense much more dynamic. So you had one, two, and four, the quarterbacks taken. Will Levis is still sitting in the green room. Hendon Hooker of Tennessee is another candidate to be taken very early in the second round tonight. But Levis, quite a drop. There were some odds makers in Las Vegas that felt like he could be the number one pick. That was obviously all talk. Levis is not. A first-round pick in this draft, the Kentucky quarterback. Can't wait, probably, to get out of that green room to avoid all those cameras staring at him. Same way that Aaron Rodgers and Brady Quinn had to deal with their draft nights at the NFL draft. Our third and final hat trick of opening topics for tonight. Jaden Greathouse, fighting Irish wide receiver, the freshman, A four-star coming into this program, part of the, I guess, new era of wide receivers at Notre Dame with guys like Braylon James and Rico Flores in this class, early enrollees, Tobias Merriweather, the one wide receiver in last year's class. Well, Greathouse got to play with Sam Hartman in the Blue Goal game six days ago, and he benefited with some help from Steve Angeli as well. But Greathouse, 11 catches for 100 and 18 yards definitely putting himself on the map for fighting Irish fans as a very capable wide receiver for Sam Hartman after the blue game blue goal game on Saturday an opportunity for Jaden Greathouse to meet the media and talk to fighting Irish nation about his great day and what it means for his first year here in South Bend um, yeah I feel like the difference is night and day um, you know, just learning the plays, trying to get lined up in the correct spots will just help me play a lot faster. So 
Um, you know, Coach Stuck has been doing a great job of, you know, coaching all those mid-years to really get used to the speed of the game. And so once, once you know, we got the plays down like that, we'll be able to go so much faster. Um, knowing you're still supposed to be in high school right now, what is it like to even in a scrimmage come out and have a day like you did today at Arden Stadium? Um, yeah, it's crazy. You know, it's a blessing for sure. Uh, I remember a year ago today I was in the stands watching this game, so uh, it's definitely a blessing, and I'm just trying to make the best of what the opportunity God gave me. Jaden, was there a point today where you realized that this was going to be a big outing and they'd keep coming your way? Um, yeah, you know, the balls just kept coming to me, and I just kept trying to stay disciplined and trying to do what I'm supposed to do, and, um, you know, they just kept coming my way, so uh, I'll never complain about that, but, you know, it's all thanks to the court quarterbacks, you know, giving me the ball in the first place, and, you know, they did a great job as well, too. What do you think a performance today says about the growth that you've made throughout the spring? Um, I think it's a great tribute to, um, you know, the amount of work that we put in throughout the spring. You know, everybody, um, the defense was light, lights out today, so I was super proud of them for that. Um, you know, like I said, the quarterbacks did amazing, so it was just, it was like music out there. You know, everybody has to do their job, um, and we all did. The right side, back row. You mentioned both quarterbacks playing well. You were able to, you know, really produce no matter who was throwing you the ball. Can you talk about establishing rapport with both quarterbacks and being able to have that connection no matter who is, you know, kind of behind center? Yes, Sam and Steve did a great job. Um, you know, it was, it was amazing to be out there with uh, those kind of guys. You know, I have a good relationship with them. Um, you know, everything's super fun and light in the locker room, so it definitely translates to the football field with the chemistry. On the note of locker room chemistry, you're part of a three-person class of receivers that came in early. You know, what's it been like kind of building that bond? And, you know, obviously you had the big game today, but all three of you were able to get in the game and, you know, have those reps. What's it like, you know, being with a group of guys that are in the same spot as you? Yeah, it's been a blast, you know. Uh, I love those guys, Rico and Braylon and everybody else in the receiver room. You know, we're all super close, and we all love to have a good time. So, you know, we like to have a good time in the locker room, and then when it comes to the field, we're always battling and trying to compete against each other. So, you know, it's just pushing us to be better every single day, and uh, there will definitely be something special come in the fall. Hartman particularly was looking your way early and then often. How would you say your rapport with him kind of grew throughout the spring to get to the level that it was at today? Um, yeah, you know, we're kind of in similar positions, uh, minus he's played a lot more years in college than I have. Um, but it's definitely helped us find a good common ground, and, you know, we're just trying to learn learn from our, our mistakes and uh, just try to get better every single play. And then on Hartman, uh, specifically, you mentioned all the football that he's played. He looked really good today. Is that kind of what you've seen throughout the spring? And then, if so, how exciting is it to know that you have a guy like that on your side all year? Yeah, you know, he's a tremendous player. Um, all of our quarterbacks are, and so it's, it's definitely uh, relieving to have guys like that that can throw me the ball. So, um, you know, I'm really appreciative that we have those kind of guys, and, you know, I'm super excited for what comes next. There you go, Jaden Greathouse, the freshman wide receiver, 11 catches on Saturday, calling the game here on WSBT Radio. I mentioned to Eric Hansen not comparing talents. I was just making – a comparison watching him run routes in the middle of the field, finding holes in his own defense. It was like watching 10 years ago or so when Wes Welker was catching 100 balls from Tom Brady for the New England Patriots. He just always settled in the right spot on a defense, and it just reminded me of what Greathouse was doing 
on Saturday. Really intrigued to find out where he fits in the rotation. He definitely showed what he can do against the best competition. What a great performance for Jaden Greathouse in last Saturday's Blue Goal game. And that's our hat trick of opening topics for tonight. Logan Diggs to the transfer portal. The Colts take Anthony Richardson at number four, the quarterback from Florida, and the dynamic blue goal game of freshman wide receiver Jaden Greathouse. We'll have our Twitter question of the day coming up in just a moment here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. This is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960. WSBT. Five forty-three at WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. Our Twitter question of the day from Thursday. You voted on my Twitter account at nine six zero Sports Beat. The question was: Are you glad the Chicago Bears held on to quarterback Justin Fields and not take a quarterback? At number one, of course, they ended up trading down to number nine and eventually number 10 last night. So are you glad the Bears stuck with Fields and not trade him and then take a quarterback at one? Justin Fields has obviously won you over. 80% of the individuals who voted said, you better believe it. I'm glad they held on to Justin Fields. 20% wishes the Bears would have moved on from Fields and taken Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, pick your favorite young quarterback in this 23 draft. So the consensus is the Bears did the right thing. Justin Fields is now their guy long-term, hopefully. We thank you so much for voting. Today's question, I can tell by the responses This might be one of the more difficult Twitter questions of the day. There's a lot of grinding of teeth over this question. In fact, I think one individual, it was Shane, said, the toughest question you have ever asked, I refuse to answer with a smiley face emoji. And an Irish Clover. Here's why people were grinding their teeth. Think SEC football this fall. When it's Alabama taking on LSU. As an Irish fan, who will you root for? And no, don't give me this. I hope it ends in a tie. Neither. No, no. We got to have an answer. You can't sit on the fence. So, who do you root for? Brian Kelly, Mike Denbrock, and the LSU Tigers. Or are you going to root for Tommy Reese, Tyler Buckner, and the Alabama Crimson Tide? Heck, you could throw Logan Diggs maybe on that list of LSU participants if he, in fact, transfers there. So, when Alabama faces LSU... Who would you root for? Brian Kelly, Mike Denbrock, and maybe Logan Diggs at LSU? Or Tommy Reese and Tyler Buckner at Alabama? Your choices? Go Tigers or Roll Tide? Good luck with this. 
I know it's not fun, but you got to pick one. Play along. I want to see what the vote ends up. Can't wait. We'll have this vote up over the weekend, come back on Monday, and pass along the results. Alabama or LSU, who are you rooting for? The responses have been great. They're all over the place. I'm not sure there's a definitive answer to this question. So check out my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat and cast a vote on who you're rooting for, Alabama or the family at LSU. We'll have the results coming up on Monday's program. A look back at round one of the NFL draft coming up next. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Five fifty one at Sports Radio nine sixty WSBT. Welcome back to the program. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. I'm Darren Pritchett. Hopefully the rain is going to stay away now for a while. We've got South Bend Cubs baseball on WSBT Radio tonight. 6.45 pregame with Max Toma. First pitch at 7.05. It's the Cubs and Cardinals Midwest League style. The Peoria Chiefs taking on your South Bend Cubs. A couple of thoughts on the NFL draft last night. Very interesting. There was a lot of speculation centered around the Houston Texans not taking a quarterback at number two that they might wait until number 12. Not the case after Bryce Young of Alabama went to the Carolina Panthers. The Houston Texans said, we will take C.J. Stroud, the signal caller from Ohio State, and they doubled down on this rebuild as they used some weaponry they had in their draft collateral and moved back up to number three from 12 and took Will Anderson, the edge rusher, from Alabama. So Stroud and Anderson join the AFC South. That allowed the Colts to get their guy quarterback Anthony Richardson from Florida. The next storyline, where would Jalen Carter land? The defensive tackle from Georgia, maybe the best prospect in the draft, but some concerns off the field issues, a poor pro day in Athens. Would that hold him back? Well, he dropped more than many thought. But the Seattle Seahawks at five did not take him. That's where he landed in a lot of mock drafts. Pete Carroll's so good at developing defensive backs. He's going with Devin Witherspoon, the cornerback from Illinois. Terrific man-to-man corner and a very physical, hard-nosed tackler. Arizona then, who traded with Houston, Move back to number six to take Ohio State offensive tackle Paris Johnson. I would assume that was someone the Bears were targeting. The Raiders then took Tyree Wilson, that edge rusher from Texas Tech, 270 pounds, lightning fast coming around the corner, seven-foot wingspan. Then the Atlanta Falcons took the plunge. B. John Robinson, one of the best players in the draft, but a running back. Running backs have been devalued at the NFL draft. For years, Well, Atlanta says we're going to take Robinson, the running back from Texas. And then Jalen Carter was there for the Chicago Bears at nine. They traded back one spot with the Eagles. Eagles took Carter and the Bears settled on Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle from Tennessee, who did an outstanding job in the Tennessee-Alabama matchup in Knoxville against Will Anderson. That probably allowed him to make a whole lot more money than he could have. 
But Darnell Wright with his size appears to only be a right tackle, which is fine. You can pencil him in at right tackle for the Bears this year. Northwestern's Peter Skaronsky. Some wonder if he's a tackle, might be a guard. The Tennessee Titans took him. And how about the Lions? They're going for it now. They brought in an electric athlete. And Jameer Gibbs, the running back from Alabama, we saw him at Notre Dame Stadium two years ago as a member of Georgia Tech. So an interesting pick by the Lions. Gibbs was a guy that some thought teams would fight to move up early in the second round to grab him. He goes at number 12 overall. So as we head to round number two, Michael Mayer, Isaiah Foskey, two players we expect from Notre Dame to be taken in round number two. Mayer should not have to wait very long, you would not imagine. Anyway, and where will Will Levis go? The Kentucky quarterback falls out of the first round, still sitting in the green room, waiting for a new home. We don't have to wait long for the local teams to pick in the second round. Lions pick third, Colts fourth, and the Bears 22nd. There is speculation the Bears are trying to move up to that first pick in the second round held by the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll see if they can get it done. Sports update on the way, 556 at WSBT. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. It is the second hour of Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT Radio. Brought to you by Budweiser, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, and Bethel University Adult and Graduate Studies. Well, earlier in the week, I asked you for questions on my Twitter account at 960 Sportsbeat and asked Sportsbeat segment brought to you by Wings, etc. And for people that gave us questions for this week's segment, the opportunity to win $50 gift cards to Wings, etc. just for asking a question. So let's get started. There are questions right now in the portal. So let's give our listeners some answers to those questions. Let's begin with a question that Jeffrey had. Unfortunately, this was written on Monday, and a lot has happened since Monday. Do you see Tyler Buckner getting any playing time if Sam Hartman stays healthy? My answer would have been no, unless it is in mop-up duty, unless Jared Parker wanted to use that second quarterback like he like Notre Dame did with Jack Cohn, but I don't think that would have been something they would have wanted to do. I wanted Sam Hartman on the field nonstop, even if Tyler Buckner would have been here. Next up, we've got Checkmark had a couple of questions. Who will be Notre Dame's backup quarterback this upcoming season? And for Bob Davey, how do you beat Navy? <laughs> well, in terms of backup quarterback, I think right now it is Steve Angeli's job. He is the next individual in line of the quarterbacks right now on the depth chart. He has the most experience in a Notre Dame offense, and I call it a Notre Dame offense because Tommy Reese's offense, there's still a lot of it in this Notre Dame football team, of course, with Jared Parker tweaking things along the way. But Angeli has a good foundation of this offense. Kenny Menchie has had 15 practices with the Fighting Irish as an early enrollee. 
So I think it's way too early to expect Minchie to jump and Jelly on the depth chart. So as we go into the fall, no question, Steve Angeli is your number two. I guess none of us are expecting the Irish to go to the portal to add a veteran quarterback. I would expect Angeli to be your number two. And for Bob Davey, how do you beat Navy? Tell you what, it's never an easy task. There are a lot of teams across the country that don't schedule these service academies. They don't want to deal with it. Notre Dame has that commitment to play Navy each and every year. I'll say this, Checkmark. I know this isn't the answer you're looking for. 12 yards of total offense in the second half makes things way too interesting like we saw last year. Notre Dame, I always just feel like, should be able to run the football, be physical with Navy up front, overpower them with their offensive line. Doesn't always happen to the credit of the United States Naval Academy, but I'm sure one Robert Davey would love to know your thoughts on how to beat Navy. All right, Robert Kurtz asked a question. Ask Sportsbee, brought to you by Wings, etc. When do you think the Chicago Cubs will call up Matt Mervis and Christopher Morrell? Well, Robert, I think that Christopher Morrell probably should have been on the opening day roster. He had earned that right, but I also do understand the Chicago Cubs thinking they wanted him to continue to develop his utility role. Play third base, shortstop, outfield, wherever they need him, they can pencil him in. He is absolutely having a monster April at AAA Iowa. Last time I looked, he was hitting 345. His numbers across the board, fantastic. Is he one of the best 26 players in the Cubs organization right now? Absolutely, but as we all know in Major League Baseball, the best 26 players normally are not on the roster together. And this is a situation, rather than Morrell not playing every day, they wanted him to continue to grow. And boy, is he ever right now at AAA Iowa. With Patrick Wisdom hitting all those early home runs, it probably kept Morrell back in the minors. My thought was, Wisdom hits home runs, but there's a lot of swing and miss. Eventually, Morrell probably will take over at third base, but Wisdom keeps pushing Morrell back by the start he has had of this season. So when do I think the Cubs call up Morrell? I think no doubt about it. Last, or maybe I should say worst-case scenario, end of May, but I would imagine the way he's going, he's got to be up very, very soon. But at the same time, Horner at second, Swanson at shortstop, Wisdom at third. It's hard to take those guys out of the lineup, but I do think Morrell becomes the everyday third baseman at some point this year. Maybe not every day, but he'll get starts there and then rotate around the diamond. In terms of Mervis, I wasn't a big fan of bringing Eric Hosmer in. I understand the Cubs thinking. They brought in a veteran player. You could have a platoon at first base with Hosmer and Notre Dame's Trey Mancini, but Mervis has hit at every level. He started in South Bend last year and just raked, quickly got moved up to Tennessee, then went to Iowa. It sure seems like he's ready. His numbers show that he is ready. Hey, I don't watch him on an everyday basis, so I can't break down his game, but statistically, he looks the part, and the longer the Cubs stay in the race, the harder it's going to be to keep Mervis down at AAA Iowa. So, Robert, in my opinion, they both have to be up in the next few weeks 
to continue to allow this Cub team to compete in a very winnable National League Central. As Sportsbeat brought to you by Wings, etc. Next up, we've got Bruce. Any chance Hartman makes the final five cut for the Heisman Trophy? Why or why not? Well, he's a Notre Dame quarterback, so that gives you all the notoriety that you need to be a finalist for the Heisman Trophy. If he plays well, the world will see it. I think with the way he has thrown the football throughout his collegiate career, the numbers he has posted, he has the ability to put up some massive numbers. The fact that you play USC at home, Ohio State at home, and Clemson on the road, those are three premier contests. If he has big games against those three, including against USC's Caleb Williams, who won it last year, you put yourself in the running. Now, will the other parts around him play well enough to give Hartman a chance? I hope so. I think there's a very good chance this offense could be outstanding. But will Sam Hartman be a Heisman Trophy finalist? I'm probably thinking I would bet more no than yes. But if he has big games against those three, he's going to be right there. It just seems like the dynamic quarterbacks are getting more notoriety these days. The run-pass combination, although Bryce Young doesn't run that much when he was at Alabama. So I'm leaning toward outside the top five. But again, you play well against those three. He has got to be in the running. Brett wants to know, do you think Notre Dame will take a transfer wide receiver again after losing two this spring? I don't. I think they're going to stand pat. I think they like where they are, even without Lorenzo Styles, who likely would have been a backup. Losing Logan Diggs, does that cause Chris Tyree to go back to running back? My hunch is no. They have invested so much this spring on Tyree at wide receiver. I think he stays there. With the young wide receivers they have developing, I think the Irish will stand pat and not add a wide receiver in the spring transfer portal cycle. We've got Geisha Man wanting to know, should college athletes be employees of the university with non-competes and buyout clauses? For my brain, I'm going to say no. What's happening right now is mind-boggling. For Logan Diggs, who Notre Dame has given every opportunity to be a big part of this offense, to walk away, that's enough to make my head explode. What you just mentioned would absolutely cause my head to explode every single day. So it's an interesting thought. I'm going to say no buyout clauses. Wow, boy, we are getting very close to pro sports, but NIL, I guess, brings us very close to pro sports. The DOR says, do you think Tyler Buckner still has a chance to be the starter after what we saw from him during the Blue Gold game? Obviously, that question occurred before Tyler went to the portal. My answer would have been the same then as now. Absolutely not. Bobby wants to know, Darren, your ceiling floor for Notre Dame football, playoffs, Natty, your thoughts? Well, I thought they were a 9-3 and football team when I went through the schedule a month ago. As we sit here today, losing Logan Diggs, Lorenzo Styles, Prince Colley, Tyler Buckner. You know, I still think they have a chance to be a 9-3 and football team. What is their ceiling? I guess a ceiling would be undefeated 12-0. and 0. 
Worst case, I just can't see anything below seven and four. So I'd say in that range, would I expect playoffs? I'm going to say no since I picked nine and three, so not a national championship. Defensive line growth, safety depth, offensive line coming together, Hartman gelling with the wide receivers, tight end position stepping up. There's a lot of question marks, more this year than last year, in my personal opinion, although the big question last year was quarterback. Also, Tom wants to know, other than Sam Hartman, which transfer player or true freshman player will have the biggest impact on the football team this season? Well, the freshman, it's awfully hard not to say Jaden Greathouse at this particular time after the 11-catch performance in the blue goal game. He was just barely the most highly touted of the three receivers that came in as an early enrollee to Notre Dame, four altogether in that class. You know, Thomas Harper, I think, has a chance to be an important player on this team. The transfer from Oklahoma State seems like a guy that could be the nickel for this football team. He's a safety nickel guy at Oklahoma State. I think he would have a similar role on this particular football team. So Harper and Greathouse come to mind for me. All right, that's our Ask Sports Speed segment brought to you by Wings, etc. Let's hand out a couple of $50 gift cards to Wings, etc. for asking a question this week. And we are holding a drawing as we speak. And the first winner is Robert. Robert, congratulations. $50 in gift cards from Wings, etc. coming your way. And also, we have drawn the name of Tom. Tom, you also get that $50 gift card from Wings, etc. Thank you so much for listening to the program, for asking a question. Ask Sportsbeat, brought to you by Wings, etc. On my Twitter account at 960-SportsBeat. Make sure everybody enjoys some wings this weekend as you relax. Maybe coming off the golf course, a little fishing, watching TV, or just getting wings because you want some wings. Make sure you check out our friends friends at Wings, etc. More Budweiser's weekday sports beat coming up, including a recap of some of the big news of the week, including Tyler Buckner leaving for Alabama. This is Budweiser's weekday sports beat on WSBT. We're gonna win. Don't wanna be a loser, gonna win. The man in the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame! Lorenzo Styles on the post route. Gives to Esme, leaps into the end zone, touchdown Notre Dame! Ball caught, touchdown! What a catch by Jaden Thomas! Hands off the dig, there he goes! 20, 15, 10, touchdown Notre Dame! Notre Dame football coverage continues now from Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Here come the Irish. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. Welcome back to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat. The reality of college football and maybe the reality of being a radio sports talk show host that makes those bumpers that you just heard. Maybe don't put specific players' names in bumpers because with the transfer portal, they may not be here for very long. Just in that little bumper set, you heard a touchdown by Lorenzo Styles and Logan Diggs. Yet in Prince Collie and Tyler Buckner, four members of this Fighting Irish football program, I think four key members we can say, 
all into the transfer portal. When it comes to Buckner and Kali, I spoke with my colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated, Mike Singer and Tyler Horka, about those subjects. Right now, we're just going to do a bit of a weekend review with some of the news of the week, starting out with my thoughts on not only Tyler Buckner, the Irish quarterback, jumping into the transfer portal, but also picking the University of Alabama. Tyler Buckner has three years of eligibility remaining. Started last year as QB1 at Notre Dame. Against Ohio State, the game plan was set up for him not to do a whole lot. Game number two against Marshall, he did not. Had a couple of very important interceptions that helped Marshall upset the Irish at Notre Dame Stadium. In that game, suffered a shoulder injury. That required surgery. He missed the next 10 games. Came back, got the rust off, played in the Gator Bowl, had some great moments, had five touchdowns. Also had three interceptions in the ball game. Notre Dame wanting to improve their chances to make the playoff and improve their chances of winning a national title, went out and got a veteran-proven quarterback in Sam Hartman from Wake Forest to rewrote the Wake Forest record books and portions of the ACC record books. So, Buckner knew that Hartman was coming. Marcus Freeman let the quarterbacks know they were pursuing a veteran quarterback, Drew Pine, who started the 10 games that Buckner couldn't go, said see you later. He went off to Arizona State. Buckner stayed, participated in spring practice, competed against Sam Hartman. We were told it's a competition. Blue goal game happens. Hartman looks awesome. Buckner does not look awesome. At the end, we still have a quarterback competition. That was not enough for Tyler Buckner. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall like the rest of us, and he jumped into the portal with a do-not-contact-me label next to his name, which means he had a couple of spots in mind probably to go check out. First stop, Alabama, and apparently he was so wowed by Nick Saban and the Tide, he canceled his other visits and ended up committing to Alabama. So what did the Fighting Irish lose? Number one, they lost their backup quarterback in 2023 and their potential starting quarterback in 2024, maybe 2025, and likely he would get another year, 2026. Now some other quarterbacks would have an argument about that and would have quite a say in who might be the starter in 25 and 26, but that's just the possibilities no one who follows the fighting Irish will dispute the ability of Tyler Buckner running with the football and being a factor in space he makes people miss good speed surprisingly strong highly effective running the football at Notre Dame he ran the football 82 times in his career 459 yards and seven rushing touchdowns. His first year at Notre Dame, he was that changeup quarterback for Jack Cohn. Got the chance to start last year. Injury prevented a full season of starting, potentially. And now this year in a competition, decided enough is enough. He moved on. 
Here's the thing with Tyler Buckner. We can all agree running ability is championship level. The problem is to date, and it still could be in him, and we have not seen it consistently, but at this moment he is not a championship level thrower of the football. He's a good quarterback. He's a winning quarterback throwing the football. Winning quarterbacks better have an amazing offense around him and a defense like Georgia to win a national championship. You look at his final numbers at Notre Dame, Tyler Buckner, 67 of 118, completed only 56.8% of his throws, 949 yards, six touchdowns with eight interceptions. Tyler Buckner is an individual that might have developed into a star passer, but we had not seen it consistently yet. You can't have the great moments against South Carolina, but then have the three interceptions. He is an individual that, from my standpoint in evaluating him, I'm not sure if he totally understands what defenses are doing to him yet or if he is reading it and not making the right decision. Blue and Gold Illustrated's Notre Dame football recruiting insider Mike Singer on Tyler Buckner. Notre Dame went out and got Sam Hartman knowing that it's likely that Tyler Buckner enters the transfer portal. Because I'm Tyler Buckner, I'm going into my third season, and I have three years of eligibility too. I'm ready to start now and lead a, uh, lead a program to as high as I can take them. Like, that's got to be Buckner's thing. He's not going to – he's not at a point where he wants to sit the bench. And Notre Dame goes and brings in another quarterback – and, you know, and Hartman and Buckner, like, that relationship, I know in the, the spring game they are really talking that up. It's That's real. Like, that is 100% a real thing from everything I've been told behind the scenes, that those guys are really tight, but not tight enough for Buckner to just gladly sit on the bench this season. So that was just not going to happen. So I go back to my original point. When you bring in Sam Hartman, if you're Notre Dame, you know that Buckner's probably going to be gone. So – then people are going to say, well, so you just are bringing in Sam Hartman knowing that you're going to lose Tyler Buckner? Well, what if, you know, well, well, what, what if then Hartman gets hurt? Well, what if you keep Tyler Buckner and don't bring in Sam Hartman and Buckner who has shown, unfortunately, it's not his fault, he's had a lot of injury issues over the years. Hartman, ACC all-times leading passer and, you know, or, you know, touchdown record, whatever it is, it's shown to be fairly durable. Yeah. It's you have to play a lot of football games to get that record to throw that many touchdowns as he has at Wake Forest. So I mean, you knock on wood that both of those guys stay healthy moving forward. But for, if you're Notre Dame, it's really simple, folks. Notre Dame brought in Sam Hartman because they think he's better than Tom. Absolutely. Uh, that's that's just the simple thing of it. Are there sure? Are there more nuances? And you know, if uh, if a Notre Dame coach or you know someone on the team or someone in the, either family were watching this or listening to this, would they be like, "Well, Mike, there's more." Sure, there's broad, there's more to it, but at the end of the day, yes. they brought in Sam Hartman 
to improve the quarterback room and to start. And they did. So, and I, I would agree with you, Tim, but I think it's inarguable, my point. So that's just what it is. If they thought that Tyler Buckner was the guy to lead them to a national championship, Sam Hartman would not be here right now. So that's just, those are, I would call them facts. So that's where we're at right now. It's a one-year rental, you're selling your soul. But, yeah, I, I also believe if they really believed in Buckner, yeah, you go with him because you have him for two years. But I, I guess they just don't really believe in, in his talents like that, but they, they do with Hartman. And let's also keep in mind, Tommy Reese was still the offensive coordinator here when the decision was made to go get Sam Hartman, and Tommy Reese recruited Tyler Buckner. That was his guy he picked for Notre Dame. And maybe Tommy was overruled. I have no idea. But the fact is the final decision was made. Sam Hartman makes his football team better. Yeah, that's a good point because it's like, okay, Reese got Hartman. So if I'm Buckner and I kind of feel slighted that they went and got Hartman, well, Reese is a part of that. So they're going to go still play for him. So, yeah, maybe it was a situation where, where you know, Reese was like, no, I want to stick with Buckner. And Freeman said, nah, bro, we're, we're going to get him this guy anyways, but um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see there. And Mike, here's another aspect, the way I look at it. Let's turn the clock back over a year ago after the previous season. Tommy Reese believed he had two championship quarterbacks on his roster, Buckner and Pine, and he felt like he didn't need another quarterback. They went with status quo, and what was the result last year? Buckner started, was okay, then Drew Pine took over. The offense was not nearly as good as we thought it was going to be. They didn't have two championship quarterbacks. Mike, you could not take a chance on going into this season without a guy you know that can win you very important football games, or you maybe be just turning back the clock one year again. And people also need to understand that days are gone that you are going to be able to have two championship quarterbacks on your yes. team. Someone's going to transfer out. The number two guy's going to transfer out. So people being like, oh, Notre Dame. Angelis, I mean, he hasn't really played. And, like, that's going to be backup quarterbacks in modern-day college football. Like, the Drew Pine – like, Drew Pine is going to be the best, one of the best call, backup quarterbacks in college football with, with that kind of experience. Otherwise, it's, it's really just young, talented guys, you know, because it's going to be the transfers, guys going and, and, and leaving for, for different programs. And then you, you'll have good quality backups that way because maybe the guy didn't win the job and now he's sitting on the bench But until he can transfer to the next school. But this is just college football now. If you're, if you're in a position where you think you're ready to start, it's your junior year or so, and you're not, you're going to transfer. That's just how it is now. Tyler Horkut, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. My guest, your thoughts on the quarterback room outside of Sam Hartman? Yeah, uh, this is a polarizing topic as well, obviously, because I think that's where everybody is at with this. Is uh, They're happy to have Sam Hartman. They see the highlights. They're like, all right, yeah, this guy's going to start. But you always wanted to be able to fall back on Tyler Buckner. Not only if, just, if something happened this year with Sam Hartman, but – you kind of have that guy in your back pocket and you're like, okay, man, this guy's got three years of college football left. He could start in 2024 and 2025 for us. Now that's not an option. And I mean, all things considered right now, you're looking at a three-way quarterback competition 
at this time next year between Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, and C.J. Carr, who's going to be coming in as a true freshman. So, I mean, right there, if you figure Sam Hartman's going to play the entire season, hopefully he stays up and is healthy for every single game, you might be dealing with three guys. Uh, unless Notre Dame blows some people out and, and Steve Angeli gets some looks this year, that obviously wasn't the case last year. Uh, you might be looking at three guys who have never thrown a pass at the college level. So that is concerning. But my argument is, hey, if these guys are good enough to wear a Notre Dame uniform, you bring them in. Those are three scholarship quarterbacks. Every single one of them should theoretically at some point be able to play and start at this level. At some point, they're going to have to do that. So, uh, And Steve Angeli is going to be a junior at that time. My colleague Mike Singer has always been really high on him and – like you never know how these quarterback situations are going to play out. I mean, Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner to the two guys who were one, two last year are going to be gone from this team. And I know we floated that out there. The question was always how many, you know, is one guy here next year is two guys here next year or zero next year, next year. I never really thought the answer would be zero, but now we're staring that in the face. It just gives other guys opportunities. It shakes out. And Steve Angeli is a confident kid. And if, that is the front runner to be the starter next year, then so be it. you, you got to run with them. Prince Colley also jumped into the transfer portal. I think if Prince was running the Irish defense, he'd be starting. And mm-hmm. he pretty much has said that. But based on what we saw in the spring, he was still a reserve with a role on this defense, but not the type of role he was expecting. How big of a loss do you think that is for the Irish defense? Well, before the blue goal game, I, I would have said it was a really big loss. But then I saw those sophomore and freshman linebackers, and I was like, you know what? Notre Dame still has <laughs> some guys there. And that might have been part of why Colley left as well. I mean, uh, if you take Marcus Freeman at his word, Prince Colley was out of that game with a concussion. And uh, I don't even think he was on the sideline. So maybe he was at home, you know, got on his peacock. Peacock subscription and, and dialed that thing up and he sees all those linebackers going off and he's like, oh man, I already have to deal with all these graduate students. I can't get on the field over them. You know, the Maris Leofel, Jack Heisers of the world. And now I got these guys coming up from behind on the depth chart and uh, that's kind of a, a suck sandwich if you, you know, it's, a, it's not a great situation for him. And I actually spoke to someone close to him and I was just kind of asking him where this decision came from and what was his frame of mind. And he just said, yeah, he never really, at this point, he does not see it materializing for him at Notre Dame. And this is a guy who only has two more years of eligibility left. So if you use up another one of those sitting behind these graduate seniors, and then all of a sudden those freshmen and sophomores that we talked about are sophomores and juniors and Maybe they start stealing rest from you. I mean, that's just a wasted career at this point. So he's got two years. Go use them elsewhere. I think Notre Dame will be just fine. They've been recruiting the linebacker position very well the last couple of years, especially since Marcus Freeman got here. It has been a very busy week for Notre Dame football news. And my thanks to my colleagues at Blue and Gold Illustrated for always offering their insight, Mike Singer and Tyler Horka. More sports beat coming up in just a moment on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 